0: church hey church how's it going thanks for joining us today this is our living room all of our living room uh, we welcome you um, to live at noon from our living room again um, for those that didn't know we're going to be um, doing this on Tuesdays from now on at noon so um, just because of work and everything that we had to readjust our scheduling Nonetheless, we're going to be here on Tuesdays until further notice. And uh, we have our pastor with us today. We have Priscilla with us today. And uh, we're just blessed to do this. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. And we give you praise for this day, for waking us up. Father, please forgive us.
1: A Was another in the wall holding back the sea, and should I ever near him? Now I've been set free. There is a grave that holds no body. Now the power lives in me. I can see the light, the darkness has a dark spouse. repent yes but let's just thank you for never forsaking us even in our worst moments God you never forsook us you never left us you never let
0: Being there. We give you the praise, the honor, the glory. And we just pray that you work in our Father Work in our hearts, work in our spirits, Father God. Purify us, Father God. It's our desire. Our desire is to be right with you, Father God. And to Complete the work that you've provided us to do. You're too good of a God for us. Not to complete the work you've called us to do so we thank you Father God we praise you in Jesus name Amen
2: He's such a, a presence in God's house you know it, it doesn't matter what we've done or where we've been or how we feel when the presence of God comes in, it has a purpose. And that purpose is to change us for the better. For the better. It's never for the worse. And speaking of the worse, I have a game for you today. Okay, it's called Better or Worse. It's not about marriage, so you can clap and say hallelujah for that one. <laughs> I said it first. Uh-huh won't even go there (laughs) that's okay though Mm. well i'm going to start off with a quote and then i'm going to give you both an opportunity to play this game which is called better or worse and i think i don't think your microphone is on priscilla so you're going to have to make sure that it's on because i turned it off i'm sorry (laughs) um Babe Ruth said something that's interesting. Now that we're going into the World Series, right? I mean, Babe Ruth obviously was one of the great all-stars of of baseball, right? And, you know, the persons that were successful in athletics or in science or in industry or whatever philanthropy, whatever it happens to be, none of them will tell you it wasn't without a struggle. And... They all made up little cliches, you know, little sayings that were typical of who they were and what they went through. And I think we can all come up with sayings for some of the things that we've gone through. And, yeah, and God has delivered us and seen us through as Christians. But before we were Christians, we kind of had to learn by, by the ropes, you know. We had to do things sometimes the hard way. Well, Babe Ruth said something I thought was really crucial to what we're going to be sharing today, and he he said this, every strike brings me closer to the next home run. Every strike brings me closer to the next home run. And I think as Christians, you know, we can search our Bibles, and there's so much in the Bible that we can learn and quote and kind of tag onto our lives so that we can get through the stuff that we're going through, you know? And Abraham and Priscilla, as pastors, young pastors, thank God you're young. Anyways, <clears throat> I'm not saying anything about being old, okay? Old is good too, okay? So I've been to both places going through this, the, the ladder, and it's a good thing. But as young pastors, I see that. Uh, God has bringing you through some of the worst, and he's bringing you to the best. It's never going to be easy, but God reveals himself even greater and greater. If you could think he could be any greater, you sang that song. Yes, and it seems like the older you get kind of the worse the circumstances become, you have to face more devastation and more difficulties, even though you've been up this road. But it just seems like you start to really get it when God says, let me fight your battle. And, and you know, we want to hold on to our battle. You know, we want to arm wrestle with God. We want to get in the wrestling match, you know, like Jacob. And he got in with God and God had to, well, it was actually Esau's angel that he was wrestling with according to the Jewish tradition and he wrestled and would not let that angel go until he blessed him but with the blessing came a limp so that's kind of interesting you know with the and you can think sometimes for us to have the best we got to go through the worst okay so with that in mind, I'm going to give you each a Bible character. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to say something that might have been said by that same Bible character today if they were in the predicament now, okay? So Priscilla, I'm going to give you the women, and Abraham, I'm going to give you the men. So hopefully, do you have a woman? You have You have Noah. Who do you have? You don't have Sarah. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah I, get, I did it right. Okay, so here we go. We're going to start with, let me give you a for instance. Okay? I have
3: Sarah, Rebecca, and Queen Esther. And Elizabeth.
2: Oh, and Elizabeth.
3: Okay, so
2: this is, I'm going to give you a for instance, just in case. Sometimes my instructions aren't so clear. I just have so much fun doing this that I play it all yesterday and today, and I, and I tried it out on my grandsons, and they gave me a thumbs up. So, okay, thank you, Sebastian and Stephen. By the way, if Sister Patty Green, uh, Everton's wife, is listening to me today, I prayed for you all through this storm, and I'm believing God that you're going to have a wonderful future. Okay, that's a commercial. Back to the word. Here's the example. The world's worst dentist might say to a child in the chair... Please take a bag of candy from the toy chest as you leave. Now, that would be the worst possible thing a dentist could say. Okay, so we're going to start with the worst first. Okay, who wants to be first? Abraham or Priscilla? first. Lady's
3: first. <laughs> Abraham.
2: Okay, uh, majority vote. Sorry, Abraham, you're first. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, the worst one, let me find yours. What? Would Noah say that would be the worst thing that he could say while he was boarding the ark and closing the doors? I think we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're going to need a bigger boat. All right, Priscilla, you're next. What would Sarah, whose husband Abraham lied to the king Abimelech, who wanted to take? abraham's wife sarah as his wife so abraham lies and says she was his sister what would be the worst thing that sarah could say if she were alive today what were you thinking abraham
3: (laughs) use your head we could get killed
2: (laughs) we're in church I I might have said, "Hey, I'm up for grabs, King Abimelech. How much money is in this thing?" No, (laughs) that's bad. Okay, Abraham, you are next. Um, What would Moses, the worst thing Moses could say as he closed the Red Sea over Pharaoh and his army? The worst. The worst thing he would have, he could have said. If he were today, what might he have said? I don't know. I got you, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I got you, sucker. And that would be the worst thing to say. But we've all thought those things, haven't we? No, none of us. Okay. (laughs) It's your your turn, Priscilla. Rebecca, who was deceived by both her father, Laban, and her sister, Leah, when she was promised to wed Jacob, her sister was given to him instead. What would Rebecca have said today? The worst thing she
3: could have said. The worst the worst thing. Um kind of read what you so, like watch out what's gonna happen because you deceived me now. Just almost like a warning. That's the worst thing. Like, watch out what's going to happen. Okay. So
2: a a big watch out, you know, with one of those looks. You don't know what's coming your way. Very good. Okay. Let's go on. Oh, I'm supposed to be giving you prizes as we go. Sorry. Why don't I wait till the best? Okay. (laughs) Abraham. Yes. What would be the worst thing Jonah could have shouted from the belly of the whale if he were alive today?
4: Sushi?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is no time for sushi. Fuchi, Suchi. That's what, who used to call, you used to call Suchi Fuchi, didn't you? Yeah, he did. That's very good. All right. Priscilla, Queen, what would be the worst thing Queen Esther could have said today in response to Haman, who was trying to win her over so that he wouldn't be killed by her husband?
3: Thing. off with your head. No, your <laughs>
2: <laughs> And she probably was thinking that the whole time because she said to her husband, look what he tried to do. See, you have to understand these things. They did happen. All right. Probably all your followers have chipped, has turned off the TV, but mm-hmm. that's okay. We're having a good time. Abraham, this is your last one. What would have been the worst thing, Joseph, in front of his brothers, now that he's second in command in Egypt, could have said.
0: Told you so. <laughs>
2: I told you so. <laughs> that was a dream, right? Yep. It was. Okay. Uh, Priscilla, the last one for you. What would have been the worst thing Elizabeth could have said in response to her husband, Zachariah for his lack of faith when she found out she was
3: Ooh, um, I could have another husband that was, you know, had more faith or, you know, in this situation, you know, my husband could be, you know, hopeful, you know, have faith and be joyous in this time. And
2: Remember, he, he lost his ability to speak, so... Maybe I would have said something that he wished he could respond to and he couldn't. (laughs) True.
3: (laughs) Ask him an actual question. (laughs) Oh, what'd you say? I didn't quite hear that.
2: That sounds like my mother. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, these are the worst things that people could say when they find themselves in a pit. And yet, God requires of us to have forbearance, and forbearance is, is difficult. It's very difficult. However, it's where we're going today. So let's just take one of these. Each of you pick one, and let's turn it around. What would have been the best thing that one of your characters, one of your four Bible characters could have said in their predicament?
0: Uh, I'll take Jonah. Jonah. Okay. Jonah could have just said, I repent and, and I'll do it like he did. But, uh, yeah, okay. forgive me, God.
2: <laughs> yes, forgive me, God. The repentance factor is, 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 is huge with God. So?
3: Um, I would take Rebecca. Um, Rebecca, who was deceived by both her father and her sister when promised to um, wed Jacob. Instead of like, oh, watch out, what's going to happen to you, Rebecca could have been like, no, I know God's promises are yes and amen. I know the best is yet to come, that I know that there's someone that God has planned for me and kind of took the whole situation and reversed it and made it good and made it positive.
2: Okay. And that is something that God requires of us in forbearance. Is it easy to do?
3: No. Mm-hmm. Very,
2: very difficult. Um the Calvary Road is called La Vía dolorosa, right? And Jesus said, "If you don't suffer along with me, you're none of you have none of me." So we're going to go through stuff. However, doesn't mean we're going to stay in stuff. It means God is going to see us through. Because Jesus got through, He paid a price to show us that we can get through. All right. So <clears throat> with this in mind. Um, I have a couple of little things for you that I'd like to give you. First of all, with God on my side and a fearless heart to face the day. Very simple. But I think every day we kind of need to think about with God on my side and a fearless heart, knowing that God is fighting our battles and he's teaching us to have forbearance no matter what we're going through. I don't know if you're if I'm talking to you and you're just seeing my ear, but whatever, I have my mother's gold earring on, so that's good. <laughs> And then another thing I, I thought was really beautiful, it was this beautiful bowl. And I, I was thinking how it's, it's one piece of wood, it's hauled out, what it went through. At one point, it was probably maybe, maybe even a tree that had been burned or had died. And yet, look at the beauty. I mean, if you'll notice the grain, I'm really into wood. My father was a tremendous carpenter. My heavenly father is also a carpenter. And by trade... And I see that, and I know that you like wood in your home, and I hope every time you see a piece of wood that it just reminds you of that cross, Mm. that that old rugged cross had to be something that turned something just beautiful out of our lives. Um, And then one for you. It's kind of two pieces. One for you. thinking about was the importance for us to be a sweet fragrance, uh, a cleansing fragrance to God, even in the midst of our difficulties, um, and that we would always allow his light to shine through us. And then I got you these. So you got 24-7, and you got bump up your burger. I don't know. Maybe I should have switched it there. But these are organics, organic seasoning, and God says for us to always season our, our speech with, with salt, with, with purity, with, with sweetness, with kindness, that we always have a good savor about us, uh, sabor, it, we, as we would say in Spanish. So those are for you to you. let you know Thank how much you. I love you. And then you have a little baggie with something in it. But we have, this is Abraham's favorite growing up. <laughs> there you go. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about the word forbearance. So what, what it comes, pops into your mind when you hear the word forbearance? Mm. Oh. Pause. Pause. Okay.
3: Um, maybe the first thing that pops in my mind is I was on forbearance this year, like literally. Literally. Um, in the physical, and then I feel like it's also in the spiritual as well. So, for me, yeah, it's a pause. It's like almost like a redirection, kind of.
2: When you forbear, which is scriptural, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit that God wants us to have. It goes along the lines between long suffering and perseverance. So, you could eat that as a bologna sandwich. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me, God. But that's kind of what it is, you know, it's like taco de de tripas. Oh, I don't like tacos de tripas because it reminds me of eating rubber bands. Just I never liked them. Sorry. Couldn't, couldn't go there. But you, th- you think about forbearance comes in the middle of those two things, being able to persevere, being able to be long-suffering, and it's right smack dab in the middle of that. Yet God shows us great forbearance. How does he do that? Well, I want to share the story. If you don't know the story, and I'm sure you do, but it's always good to go over the Bible story in Genesis 25 of Jacob and Esau. So I'm going to condense it down because there's quite a bit of reading, so you could read all the way to chapter 28 to get the full picture, but you don't really need to. What we need to understand is where does forbearance come into play in this biblical example of these characters? And albeit almost every Bible character that I've read about, starting with Job, obviously, each and every one had to go through their experiences, and they had to learn to step aside and let God show them forbearance even when they made mistakes. You know, I make so many mistakes, and I I think as a teacher I learned something. My mother used to always tell me, you know, that's why, now my mother would say this, but she said that's why God put erasers on the end of pencils. (laughs) I mean, my mother would say that obviously God didn't put the eraser on the end of the pencil, but she made a point in my life to tell me, you make mistakes, you erase it, you do it over, you keep trying again, just like Babe Ruth said at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, for every st- every strike I make, it's one step closer to that home run. And we need to remember that with God. And that's where forbearance comes in. I think this year, 2020, has been the year of forbearance in so many ways. I mean... Health-wise, financially, spiritually, it's just we have had to just hang in there, making mistakes, sometimes getting through things by the skin of our teeth. But one of the things that God doesn't want us to do is to divide upon humankind. We have Esau, we have Jacob, they were twins. Both of them were in Rebecca's womb. And they even, every time she would go near the, the temple, there would be a conflict. It says in the Word of God, it says in the Jewish Talmud, it says that they that in her womb there was like a, a fight going on. And she was like, what is going on here, you know? And what ended up happening was obviously Jacob, who was first conceived, although he was born last. If you could understand the physiological process, the one that was furthest in the womb was the one that was conceived first. And the second one then, who was Esau, although he came out first, the Jewish tradition says that he should have received a birthright. The birthright encompassed ten blessings from the Abraham covenant. I think that's very, Abraham, remember, was their grandfather. And um, when Jacob died, and or was, di- was dying, and he wanted to give the birthright blessing prior to this time, Esau, who had always been in conflict against Jacob, he always was doing his own thing. He was in the flesh. He made many mistakes, and yet he was his father's favorite. Jacob, on the other hand, was his mother's favorite, and he was the one that attended to the spiritual things. He took care of his mom. He went into the temple. He carried forth. He was a godly man. Esau, on the other hand, was wild, and he was actually described as a wild man who was very hairy. So when, that sounds funny how, but it's not. But when Jacob was about to die, the tradition was that the eldest son, who would have been Esau, would come to him and ask for the blessing. However, Esau was out partying, and he was very hungry. And before the time to come in for the blessing, Jacob was making this fabulous stew. Now, what I learned was that Jacob was cooking this mourner's stew because Abraham had just died, his grandfather. So it was a tradition that he would make this bowl of lentils. And... So Esau comes in from the field, and he's, you know, like doing his thing. And he says, brother, man, I'm starving to death. Can I have some of that stew? And he said, well, this is, this is for a holy purpose. I really can't give this to you. And he says, man, come on. And then Jacob says, if you sell me your birthright. And he goes, what, what's the birthright going to do me any good anyways? Birthright meant blessing. No, I, I'm going to die before you anyway, so why do I even need it? Go ahead. You can have it. Just give me a bowl of that lentil stew. So sure enough, he gives him the bowl of the lentil stew, and then it's time for Jacob to die. So he calls in his sons to give them the blessing. He calls in one at a time, and Rebecca, who loved Jacob, put a goat or some kind of animal skins on him on his hands and says you need to get the blessing because you're really the holy one you were the one that was conceived first you need to be you're the one God intended this whole time to carry forth the covenant that it was established by Abraham through the priesthood and so they deceived her husband um, Isaac. And so when he went in to get the blessing, Jacob went in and Isaac said, come close to me. And he said, who are you? And then he smelt the smell of the animal skins and the fur on his hands, and he said, oh, it must be Esau, and I'm going to give you the blessing. So he gave him the tenfold blessing. Okay. With this, Esau comes from the field a couple days later, has made this huge banquet for what he has caught, the wild game, and he brings it into his father. He says, father, I want my birthright blessing. And the father says, who are you? And he said, and then he was, Esau was so mad that he wanted to kill Jacob. However, Esau begged his father Isaac, please, if there remains a blessing, give me a blessing. And lo and behold, he didn't get the tenfold blessing. And that's the, re- the reason he didn't is because he wasn't about the holy things of God. It was never intended for him to carry that. He could have had it, but he he made a mistake. The father was forbearing. The father gave him a couple of blessings. God then, after Isaac dies, Jacob and Esau parted. And they parted their ways for 35 years. But Thirty-five years later, they decided to meet each other, and Esau came with 400 soldiers ready to kill his brother. And yet when he saw his brother Jacob, his heart melted and 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 he and he had forbearance and he any he, and he sent him gifts and they and they met and they kissed and they they embraced one another and jacob gave him all kinds of blessings to his brother which case in point it just shows me the forbearance that first of all We need to understand when we make a mistake, which Esau made a mistake, Rebecca made a mistake, Jacob made a mistake. We cannot deliver ourselves. We have to go to God. And of course, Jacob repented. Of course, Rebecca paid dearly, but she repented. And 35 years later, Esau repented. You see, there's a space that we need to see in our lives where we, God allows us to help one another through, you know, that reconciliation process, that forgiving each other seven times 70 in one day. All of those things are great. But I'm going to tell you something. The one who is most forbearing with us, the only one that can overlook our mistakes, our failures, in this case, Esau's tremendous failures, is God. And we need to go to him to redeem us, to pull us through, to give us that hand up, to lift us up, to encourage us that we can move ahead even though we fail. And we will fail. Andy, let me tell you, the arm of flesh will always fail you. You may have a best friend that you've known for Yinkity yank years, and you just think everything is cool between you, and all of a sudden, they let you down. And it's such a sad moment. Yet, they're not your redeemer. Sometimes, God allows us to go through that in our relationships, our most close relationships, parent, child, husband, wife, family, friends, our most blessed Relationships here on earth, and we think that we can depend on that person to just pull us through wrong, and God will show us wrong. The Bible says, Cursed is the man that leans on the arm of flesh, the only one that can be so forbearing. Not that we should not be forbearing with one another, oh no, we're not going there because Jacob and Esau had to have forbearance for each other for that reconciliation to take place, however. We need to remember that we gotta go before God before we long before we can hold anything against anybody on this earth. We need to make sure that we are right this way. And if we are not right this way, we cannot be right that way. Cannot. It's written in the Word of God. We have to be we have to be on a continual stream of forgiveness taught by Jesus, taught in the old testament. Extreme forgiveness. Forgiveness, extreme kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance, perseverance, long-suffering, forbearance. And then we receive the forbearance of God. Let me tell you, the only one that can redeem us from ourselves is God. The only one that could say, you know what, I see you in the mess you're in. However, I love you. It's my delight. Come into your circumstance and vindicate you and love you and pull you up and encourage you and strengthen you. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. There is no one else besides me. And when you get into your lonely spot, and don't tell me you don't, because we all do, because all of us get into a position where someone we love lets us down. And hurts us to the core. And that's when we jump over that hurdle. And we go to him. And we say, thank you, God, for seeing me where I'm at. I it be made a mistake. I know that you know my heart. And I come clean before you. And I thank you, God, that you have great forbearance with me. You take my debt. And you... Tag it on to Christ Jesus. And when I think about that, wow, that cross was a lot heavier than we could even imagine. And we pick up our own cross.
0: Amen. Man, Amen. That was very needed for my life specifically, so thank it was you. was needed for my life. Um, you know, maybe we can pray and you can just pray for, for everyone watching for us. Um, to have that spirit, you know, that even those that have been hurt by someone, you know, that, that have felt like they've been let down by whoever, their spouse or their parent or whoever, um, maybe you can just pray for the healing that we need to, to be able to move forward.
2: You know, Abraham, God is going to get us forward. It is his delight. and And even if we're the... We're the guy. I did it. It was me, Lord. It's like Abraham when he was growing up. I said, who did that? And he goes. (laughs) And Isaiah would say, he did it. (laughs) Even if you're that guy. God says, hey, I'm here. You know, that's how. We don't even know how good God is. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for being forbearing with us. Uh, there's really, God, no words. <laughs> there's just no words because I am that guy, Lord. I am that one, Father. I am the one that has fallen short. And I thank you today, God, that you have given me the opportunity to to do what's right in your sight. I start with me today, God, because I don't want anybody that I'm praying for to think that I'm better or I have arrived. I'm on the road too. I'm learning. And, God, I need your hand to pull me through all of these things in life that are unexpected, that are unnecessary. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for each and every one that feels let down, brokenhearted, betrayed, hurt, disappointed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we can look to you. It says in your word that we cast our eyes upon you and the hills from whence cometh our help. And we know it comes from you. We know you will be there. We know you will vindicate us. Even as Job said, Lord, Even though you slay me, I will serve you. God, I thank you that you will give me the strength. Give us the strength, Lord, to serve you, to pick up our cross, to follow you, to forgive one another, and just to move on and to give you praise no matter what we go through, no matter how we've been slighted. It doesn't matter, God. We have slighted you so many times. So many times we have fallen short of your glory, and yet by your grace, By that unmerited favor, Jesus, we have been saved. And so today we thank you and we pray once again, Lord Jesus, come into my heart today. Forgive me of my faults. Forgive me of my shortcomings wash me clean in your blood. I believe you died for me, Jesus, on that cross. I believe that you have made a way for me through your resurrection. I believe you have left your Holy Spirit to comfort, to guide, to instruct and quicken me. And I give you praise this day. I call you Lord. You are God. You are amazing. There is no other. And we take authority in Jesus' name over every spirit that rises up against the knowledge of who you are in our lives, Christ Jesus. We bind every spirit of self-pity, of pride, of arrogance, of stubbornness, of haughtiness that comes inside of us and causes us to get hard-hearted. God, we ask in the name of Jesus that each and every one of those spirits by your blood would be bound. As you have promised us in Matthew 18, 18, whatsoever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth is loose from heaven. God, we loose today a fidelity to you and your believers, God, a hunger and thirst for your righteousness, God, and for a spirit of forbearance, remembering Jesus, the great forbearance that you have with us every waking moment. We give you praise. We give you honor, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen, church. Um, It's been such a wonderful time. Thank you so much. for. I needed that word. (laughs) I needed that so bad. Um, So thank you so much for ministering to me. It, It really blessed me so much. I hope you guys are blessed. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a couple announcements that we wanted to share with everyone. Tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m., we have a wonderful message um, for you all. So stay tuned tomorrow at 6.30, Facebook Live. And we also are continuing our in-person services this Sunday. So we have two services, one at 9 a.m. and one at 10.30 a.m. We ask that you bring your mask, you wear your mask during services because we are complying with CDC requirements. And church, every Monday, um, the first Monday and third Monday of every month, we have a woman's Bible study. This um third monday we have a zoom bible study for all the ladies so ladies please stay connected to our instagram facebook pages for all the information on the zoom meeting happening the third monday of every single month and we have also updated our website So check out our website at callision.com where you'll find all the events happening at church, like our youth Zoom meetings every other Tuesday. And also now you can sign up for baptisms, you can plan a visit, and you can give online. So check out our website at callision.com. Everything's been updated. And we're so excited that we can still fellowship together online, together streaming. We love you, church. Have a blessed rest of the week. And we'll see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m.